Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, January the 22nd. We are coming to you from our separate homes across the Midwest because don't none of us want to pass off that coronavirus to each other. My name is Joey Mills and joining me today we've got, uh, let's just go around the horn. Let's start with the corner. Brad? With, with Brandon. <laughs> Everybody's oh. in a different corner. Fuck yeah, it. That don't work. Got a corner. <laughs> I'll just tell oh, you who's on here. Everybody. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just tell you who's on here. We got Brandon Parnes on here. We got Caleb, the uh, the Tiger King mustard condiment king tiger thing. Uh, we got Redbeard, That's the rando. Yeah. We got Curtis in his uh, Jim Morrison sunglasses for later on. And Dakota uh, in a Led Zeppelin album uh, alongside Bernie Sanders or some shit. I don't know. We got a bunch of folks here tonight. Uh, Dakota, first time you've been on with us for this year. How's he been? How you been doing, man? I've been really good. Uh, we just bought a house, uh, waiting on a bunch of furniture to show up. My internet sucks, but like everything's <laughs> going pretty good. Up good. I got good. an Oculus. Do you? Fighting, so. Nice. Yeah. If, we, if you could watch the podcast in VR, that would be some shit then. I've just been wearing it and pretending I'm in a house with furniture. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. <laughs> go, to, go to sit down and there's no couch actually there. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are just a bunch of fans, artists, creators, and critics from the Midwest talking entertainment and pop culture, taking your comments and whatever else. Thanks, everybody, joining us live on the live stream tonight. We made this one a free-for-all. So if you, uh, some of you may be checking us out on our Facebook page, our Twitch channel, over on the YouTube channel, wherever you're at. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you happen to be listening to us. we got a great show for you this week. Of course, we got all your entertainment and pop culture headlines. We are also doing a couple things we're doing a battle of the bands this week we're going to be taking a look at a couple of well-known and well-loved albums well loved by some folks albums from a pair of hall of fame bands we've got the winners of this week's retrofied magazine digital giveaway all that plus like i said entertainment pop culture news another pop quiz you're going to get to vote on the battle of the bands here before we're all said and done and a whole lot more we're going to get into all of that right after this Hi there, I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And we're the hosts of My Drunk Movie Theater. Join us every week as we go through the silly things that we wind up getting up to at our jobs working at a local multiplex. We also talk about all the current events that are happening in the movie world that affect us and affect you as the viewers. Trisha? We also get off topic quite a bit and we'll ramble, so there's that too. Yeah, well, you know, alcohol does that to you. So hit the subscribe button. You can follow us, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, almost anywhere that your podcasts are available. All right. Well, before we get into all the fun stuff, what has everybody been up to oh, in the last week or so? Anybody catch anything, play anything, do anything? No, uh, <laughs> a whole lot of silence. <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone uh, else to go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Dakota, what have you been up to? We haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, man, I mean, like I said, I moved for so I don't watch TV in a week and a half. I haven't mm-hmm. played a game in a week and a half. <laughs> um, I um, I got my computer set up and I'm real excited about that. It looks real cool, but I can't show you so because it's fine. <laughs> But that's that's all right. We'll take your that's, word that's for it. Fun thing to dump money into, though. Yeah. 
Right on. Everybody else, what's everybody else been doing? Watching, playing, uh, doing? I I checked out uh, News of the World, that new yeah. Tom Hanks movie. Uh, wrote up a little review. Over um, at com. Yeah, over at popgoesaculture.com. Wrote an uh, article, um, kind of review on it. I gave it a solid 7 out of 10. You know, it was Tom yeah. Hanks playing Tom Hanks, and he was pretty good in it. Uh, nice little Western film. Uh, I've also started binging Sick Note on Netflix. Has uh, Rupert Grint. That's a good and, one. And, um, yeah, it's really funny so far. So definitely throw that one in your uh, in your watch list. I will, I will tell you, I've been about three days, and it just kind of ends after season two, and there's no for sure that there will ever be a season three. <laughs> Well, that's like half the titles on Netflix, so yeah, no shit. Yeah. Welcome yeah. To my life. <laughs> yeah. What else? What's everybody else been doing? Uh, I one of the things I've been watching. Another thing I'll I'll talk about later, but uh, one of the things I watched today was a uh, history of swear words on right. Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. As the on-screen narrator, it's Did a six-part. This is what I heard too. I heard Dickless Cage. Dickless Cage? No. Nick- oh. <laughs> you know. Nicholas Cage. Um, That's and, his uh, brother. You're he's like that. the on screen narrator for this like comedy docu-series. Each episode is only like 20 minutes. And each episode is about a different swear word and the history and the etymology and the usage of it. And it's funny, but it's also kind of insightful too. It's it's really really good. What else I've been watching a bunch of stuff that nobody else cares about. Um, so game shows. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> game shows, <laughs> Disney Plus docu series, oh, stuff like that. Right on. Which one is it? What, what Disney Plus are you watching? Um, uh, Disney Plus. Like, here's the thing. Disney Plus for me has been my favorite. Oddly enough, my favorite streaming service, like out of the three or four, rest in peace, Quibi, uh, that have come out in the past year and a half or so. Right. Uh, and like, they have a lot of just weird, like, not weird, but just kind of like off the beaten path originals that are still very family friendly, but right. just not these big marquee Mandalorian, WandaVision type of names. So, one of the ones I'm watching is called Pick of the Litter, and it's a six part. Uh, mini docu series about guide dogs. It's based on a film um, about guide dogs tra- about dogs trained to be guide dogs for the blind. Right. So uh, it's really interesting and really compelling. And and there's another one called Weird but True, which is a dash, which was just a National Geographic right ki- like show for like kids and adults, but now it's a Disney Plus original. And they just did a recent season of it, so I'm still I'm on season two, and it's just fun, fair. I watch in the morning, and it's good background noise, and right, yeah. That's one thing I miss about not you know we we did the whole cut the cord, and we have all kinds of streaming channels, but I kind of miss, and I know Hawks mentioned this before uh, on other places but i kind of miss live tv a little bit just because it's hard to if you got a streaming service you don't really want to pull up something and then walk away from it you kind of feel invested in it but i kind of miss that live tv just background noise that you know fucking 
you know, the, the, the ultimate one was back in the olden days. Uh, it was like the, yeah. the pop-up video shit where you could just throw up a pop-up. If pop-up video was on VH1, you just turn it on yeah. and, and just wa- leave the room. Yeah. And you come back and you're like, oh, I didn't know that about whatever random fucking song you walked into. And then you just keep on going. You know, it's just I kind of I miss uh, live TV just a little bit, I think, more than I thought I would. And I agree with that kind of concept to a degree. But like with this, it's like for me, because I watch so much. I know what can be background noise right? and I know what I can be invested in and I know what it can be somewhere in the middle. So like, I, I'm not saying I game the game, but at least I've gamed the game to an extent for me. Right on. And I still have live TV, but I barely watch it. Uh, oh, Curtis Pluto bread TV's good for stuff like that too. Yeah, that's true. I do watch uh, a little Pluto. I've been, uh, I was asked to help write on like a web series that a friend of mine wants to do. So Mm -hmm. I've been writing on that. I was also, the reason I had to shave was for this project that we're filming. (laughs) We're actually filming this weekend. I'm going to have to like trim what little bit down that I've grown back. Um, shit, this is going somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I forgot. Maybe it'll come back to me. Oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> All right, good enough. How about you, Brad? Okay. What have you been doing? Oh, uh, I started watching a, a British series called The Thick of It. Right. Which is, uh, it's been off the air for a number of years now. But oh, yeah, I, with Peter Capaldi. Yeah, right. I watched the first season of it recently, right. and I really liked it. And I've also been re-watching a show that's probably no one remembers, because it, it got canceled after one season, but it was a show called Journeyman. Yeah. And it's I a barely travel show, and that kind of holds up. Yeah, it kind of holds up. I was surprised. Right, that's cool. Yeah, I watched uh, in the thick of it, or the thick of it was uh, that's what Veep was based off of or adapted from as well. Yeah, so. yeah, it was kind of pseudo yeah. inspired it's because it has the same yeah. uh, same same, same uh, creator, creator Armando yeah. Inucci. Yep, he just so, did yeah. uh, the David Copperfield movie, not the magician. <laughs> Is Veep any good? Uh. Yeah, it can it's be. Kind of funny. Yeah, it has its it moments. Be. Yeah. Like I've heard, I've heard like it's all you know. You need to watch Veep, and I'm like, right. Eh. I've started it a couple times. Death of Stalin. Yeah. What were you saying, Curtis? Death of Stalin. Death of Stalin was pretty good. That was the same guy that made that guy. And he did all the old Alan Partridge stuff. Right. Cool. With Steve Dugan, obviously. Yep. I uh, let's see. What have I done? So I. Anybody else start WandaVision besides me? I mean, I'm not going to spoil it because I know some people are not watching it on purpose or whatever. So Brandon started it. Watched it. Okay. So uh, we'll update that as we go. I think there's like another two months worth of that because they're doing the the weekly releases, which is smart. I like that. And I. I managed to catch, so you may or may not remember this movie. Um, it was released in 2020, early 2020. It was scheduled for a fall 2019 release, but it got bumped because people got pissy for all the wrong reasons. The movie, oh, uh, the, the movie, The Hunt. I wa- so yes, I watched yeah. the movie The Hunt. This is the one that uh, somebody came out and said, this is a movie about liberals elite liberals hunting the red hat maga trump type supporters so fox news took that and ran with it and enough people got up in their panties in a wad about it they so they said you know we don't want this movie coming out we don't want to see a movie about elite liberals hunting down and killing you know 
conservative types, which just off of the tagline and description alone, if you heard that this is a movie about elite liberals hunting and killing conservatives, who would you think would be the bad guy in that? <laughs> just yeah. based on the description, having seen movies before and, and watched television series, I, I guess they didn't realize that it, that the elite liberals are probably the bad guys. So they got through big fit about it. The writers and directors were all like, uh, guys, this isn't what you think. And then the studio's like, just just let them. It's cool. We'll just we'll we'll throw it into the spring when nobody's gonna go see it at the theater anyway. So it came out right before the pandemic locked down all the theaters. Um, I managed to catch it this week. It, it's yeah. The the people who got pissy about this are are the Idiots. ones. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is exactly it. It pokes fun at. I won't say both sides. It pokes fun at all sides. It, I mean, it, it's a it's a satire that's over the top in its violence and gore, and it's over the top making fun of liberals and conservatives and and, and you name it. And, and there's nothing about it that should have gotten anybody upset about it that would actually have taken the time to to have investigated a little further than just you know the studio's release description or whatever so it was actually it was well, actually you know, pretty people fun people don't like investigating so yeah they're, they're, they're they just, folks who they, just they hear they just like to believe whatever yeah they hear that it's uh, weird they hear that they're a target so culture yeah where like people don't care what the actual content is they just like to get outraged by it right i've just never heard of fox news like running with something and getting it at hand <laughs> That's yeah, crazy that's talk, weird. I know. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's so me. odd that happened. So anyway, I watched that yeah. this week. It was pretty fun. Um, definitely, if, if it's something, if you're into that kind of thing, something that's kind of a political satire, kind of over the top, and it's in, in every respect, kind of gory, kind of violent, kind of stupid, uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, let's take oh, a I, look. At, yeah, I remember. What, what uh, were you going to say? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like all this film stuff i went to a film premiere of a movie that i was in last friday oh yeah yeah and how'd that go and i mean it it went pretty pretty good i cool. mean i'm still in the movie thankfully <laughs> you didn't get cut. i mean i didn't get cut um there's a scene that got cut pretty heavily and i kind of feel like it kind of helped like loses what sense my character and another character like it kind of loses what we're trying to do but other than that i mean it's all right and okay, there's so gonna too? there's gonna be a director's cut so we'll might see that scene in its full that's good because i mean because you, you do you, if you if you don't see the pizza guy show up saying i've got a large salami then you kind of lose a sense yeah. of what it, what's going to happen next so i assumed it was your nude scene that they cut <laughs> which i'm out, i'm outraged about personally well, you know, it was a. It was, I insisted on. I insisted on the nude scene. They're like, "No, this is a Christ-made picture." I'm like, "You need it." <laughs> but they cut it. That's I'm outraged. It's okay. It'll be fine. It's called Vincent's Val. I don't know when it'll be actually released to the public, but you guys should check it out. Right on. Yeah. Very good. Support support your local artists. Well, let's take a look at our top five stories from entertainment and pop culture from the week that was, starting with number five. Despite reports to the contrary, HBO Max will not be releasing Zack Snyder's Justice League as a four-part miniseries like we were all told most recently prior to this. Uh, we had I been told... I thought you were going to say... 
from what we were told before, Tony Roberts is alive. <laughs> no, she's she's still dead. Uh, okay. Instead of a four-part miniseries with like an so hour and a half, so Francisco Franco. Yeah, with uh, instead of an hour and a half to two-hour-long episodes in four parts, we are just going to get one movie that is a solid four hours long, and that is Jesus. your Justice League movie. That they've spent why not, right? upwards of seventy million now to uh, complete. Well, there's a good portion of people that wanted this movie made that now aren't going to see it because they believe Ray Fisher and whatever the hell he believes. Whatever. I, I'm pretty sure that the the uh, the Snyder Cut folks probably don't give a flying fuck about what Ray Fisher says. If I had to guess, I think that there's a group of. I think there's a group of people that are going to, uh, no matter what, they're going to say this is just the best thing ever. And there's a group of people that are going to be sadly disappointed that they pushed so hard for this. Seventy million dollars. You could have made a couple of other independent films. You could have made a really, you could have made a really good Justice League movie that's a lot smaller in scope and it's just focused on you know, like one or two characters and you know actually have made a good movie as opposed to. This Frankenstein's monster, Corman. yeah. Well, this is Roger Corman. You could have made seventy. You could have made seventy movies for a million dollars each. <laughs> you could follow every member that was ever in the Justice League with their own movie directed by Roger Corman. Yeah. So we'll see. That's that's later on this year. Uh, at number four. So this one, um, this is a this is a good story. Scientists scientists uh, published a study in the journal Biological Conservation earlier this month warning that the hippopotamuses imported by the cocaine kingpin uh, Pablo Escobar decades ago are taking over Colombia's marshlands and that the situation will get far worse if officials don't get rid of the creatures. Um, the, the Colombian National P- Police killed Pablo Escobar in 1993, and when they did, they seized his 7,000-acre ranch, including his personal zoo, because if you're a drug lord, why the fuck wouldn't you have a personal zoo? Uh, most of the animals either got moved to other zoos or like wildlife, rehab, preserve-type places, but the four fully-grown cocaine hippos, uh, they, <laughs> they did not move them. They, they smartly said, I'm not going to fucking move a hippo. So the hippopotamuses were left there. Um, those four hippos are not native to the region, and they are just absolutely tearing up the ecosystem. Those four hippos, of course, have reproduced in the last 27 years, and now there are approximately 80 inbred hippos. Uh, all fueled with, on cocaine. <laughs> yes, roaming <laughs> Columbia, uh, all hopped I up on the cocaine. Him. My nickname in college was Cocaine Hippo, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that we brought this up. <laughs> the, oh, Br- the, Brad just sent me a text saying that Cocaine Hippo should be a movie starring Dickless Cage. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> like, yeah. The uh, so the hippos the report says are the largest invasive animal in the world and they're like I said wreaking havoc with the company or with the country excuse me their ecosystems. Uh, last year, researchers showed that the animal's crap was changing local waterways chemistry and oxygen levels, uh, fertilizing harmful bacteria which can lead to algae blooms, make people and animals sick. The hippos also have been a direct safety threat to Colombians, chasing people around and even seriously injuring a man last May. Uh, global, globally, hippopotamuses kill more people each year than any other large mammal species. Uh, still, this is not like a uh, consensus thing. There are other ecologists 
the uh, study notes that see the hippos as a problem, but they think that killing them would be making things worse. They should just castrate the male hippos and allow them to live out the rest of their lives. Um, Dude, that, these guys are on cocaine. Don't, <laughs> don't get, don't get near. Them. <laughs> they they wouldn't they're take. Inbred, they're crazy. Yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't <laughs> move for. Cocaine. They wouldn't move for hippos before, but now they're going to go <laughs> castrate all the male hippos. Yeah. No, the, the, they will not cut off their dicks. They will not be castrated that way. This will be a uh, snipping of the testicles. Uh, the uh, this this is this is something to watch. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, Are you gonna watch this when they do it live on TV? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure if it was a pay per view with the proceeds to pay for uh, the rehabilitation of the uh, the vets after they get gored and mauled by the hippos. This is this is Ralph the hippo castrator coming to you live <laughs> from uh, <Lucky> Colombia. <laughs> from Colombia, here we go. Oh shit, we're getting trampled. <laughs> Got this a pair of the giant like ribbon cutting scissors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need hedge trimmers to castrate a fucking hippo. Yeah, chainsaw. Jeez. Fuck, I get the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that beauty. Yeah, no, uh, no, thank you. This is a wild story. Like Pablo Escobar brought hippos into Colombia, and he died, and they are like completely destroying, like all this shit. Yeah. God, this is crazy, dude. Like destroying all the shit that should be on a shirt. I think it's the sh- I think it's, I think it's the that's shit the that's doing the destroying, from what I understand. Can we make Can we make Pop go the, the culture shirts with a hippo doing a line? Like, coach, <laughs> like, like with with like giant balls. <laughs> there you go. And taking a shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At number three this week, uh, something a little more serious, Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures have been at each other's throats, pissed off because Warner Brothers said, everything that we're going to put out in theaters this year, we're also dropping the same day on HBO Max. And they've co-financed a few of these films, including Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, So they've been at a spat with each other. Apparently, they have reached a settlement on the deal. We are still going to get... HBO Max uh, version of Godzilla vs. Kong on the same day that it's released in theaters. And in fact, um, apparently part of the deal is actually moving Godzilla vs. Kong up from May 21st to March 26th. Uh, so not only are we going to get the, the movie on HBO Max, we're going to get it two months ahead of schedule, which seems really fucking weird that they would come to an agreement to... Put the, the movie out, yeah. Put the movie out in theaters when theaters are still shut down. But whatever. We are supposed to be getting okay. a trailer this Sunday, so <laughs> are we? We're supposed that's, to. Be. That's what I, that's it the makes us. I wanted to talk about it's, it's like weren't these movies a big deal at one uh, some point? Not as big as like okay, the Avengers, so, but. Right, so the the first the so the was it twenty fourteen when the first the yeah. first of these Godzilla movies came out and it was a really fucking good movie. It was better than it should have been because yeah. Godzilla was just like a force of nature. Like if you go see like a hurricane movie, the hurricane's yeah. not the star of the movie. It, that's just what's happening. And so these movies is focused on people and Godzilla is just the thing that's happening. Godzilla is the you know the the conflict, but he's not the star of the show, and so it was really pretty good. And so then they did the Kong movie, and it was really pretty good. Movie. Yeah, it was really I, pretty good because I liked it better than the Godzilla movie. Yeah, because yeah, Kong was in it, but he wasn't like it wasn't like oh shit, it's Kong. It was like focused on the people. It was on Sam Jackson and you know Tom Hiddleston, and so it was really better than it should have been. 
And then they did the last one, which was what King of the Monsters, the big Godzilla movie, and it kind of blew. Yeah, was, and so I, liked it. I didn't even did bother you? watching it. I, yeah, they went hard. I thought that the yeah. I, I think that what they did was it felt more like an old school Godzilla movie where there's the people are there, but you really don't give a fuck. You just want to see cool shit happen on the screen. Oh, and, you remember and, that and, chick from the other movie? Now she's dead. Yeah, so yeah. they they, they <laughs> did really. That's why I liked it. Yeah, they did really good with the cool shit happening on the screen, but the people parts, which was a lot of the movie because it was a lot of Kong and a lot of the Godzilla movie. They still have that much screen time for the people stuff, but they really didn't give a fuck anymore about the people. And so it was like, yeah. quit fucking talking. Show me something getting something cool happening. So that kind of, that kind of, I think it kind of derailed things. They were expecting it to be a lot bigger of a film uh, financially than it was. So this movie. I don't think they kind of this seriously. I think it was yeah. like a filler. Yeah. So movie th- just to get to Kong. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just to set this one up. And, so, and this one is already shot. All the principal photography was done before that movie was in theaters. It was all in post doing a ton of digital work and stuff. Work, but uh, so yeah, this is kind of quietly flown under the radar. It, it was looking to be like an Avenger style, like oh fuck, you're getting Godzilla versus Kong, and now it's kind of like oh, that's right, we're still getting Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, oh, that's still a thing. I kind of hope. Still a little excited. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll watch, watch it. A lot of these movies that are coming out that were supposed to be big marquee movies, it's like that John Oliver bit. How is this? Still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope the movie does well enough to get a sequel with cocaine hippos. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla versus there. Kong versus cocaine hippos. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to see the movie where they. I want to see the movie where they have to. They have to castrate Godzilla and Kong. In 3D with their giant balls coming Swinging through the movie. What were you going to say, Ken? Coming soon. Cocaine oh, hippos I, and Randy rhinoceroses. <laughs> rhinoceroses. <laughs> Randy rhinoceroses. Did you guys ever see that movie uh, Rampage with yeah. Uh, yeah. the rock in it? I like the video game. How they like they it's like, like the blew these game. monsters up, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So like you could have like the hippos and they got like blown up and you know it's like Godzilla coming in. It's just like I think it could work. Fuck, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, we should I'd put pay a dollar this script right I, now. I would watch it if it was a <laughs> direct to video HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Tara uh, is on uh, Facebook watching the live stream. Thanks, Tara, for watching. She says it should also include a cameo by Curtis as the Pizza Man uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll agree with that. Uh, let's see, number two. So uh, we don't talk politics and this sounds like it could be political but it's not political uh outgoing u.s president donald trump has ordered the construction of 250 statues following through on his pledge to build a garden of american heroes so using part of the white house lawn they said hey this is going to be a garden it's going to be monuments it was in relation to some of the backlash after you know state capitals are taking down monuments of confederate leaders and stuff so it's like let's just build a place where we can have statues of of american heroes um which i don't know i don't think anybody really regardless of your politics has much of a problem with that let's talk about some of the american heroes that are going to be in this garden uh, again there are 250 oh statues um uh, we have uh, jeopardy host alex trebek who recently passed away uh, canadian uh f- filmmaker alfred hitchcock <laughs> you know one of the best directors uh british uh yep. let's see hannah arndt 
she was the um, German-born political theorist who warned against the rise of cult-like fanaticism and fascism. Um, so German and the opposite of what uh, Trump's administration was. Also on the list, uh, Ingrid Bergman, Swedish actress. Um, we do have an actual American on the list. We have uh, American Woody Guthrie, who you might remember. He was a protest song writer and singer. He actually wrote a protest song about Donald Trump's father, Fred Trump. So, um, so a, 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 a broad, yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a good one. it's a good one. It's a banger. Um, so yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of American heroes in the uh, American Garden of American Heroes. So. <laughs> Good job, guys. Of course, it's Calvin, it's Calvin and Hobbes, but it's Calvin pissing on <laughs> on the uh, the Democratic donkey. Yes, and, that's and like why it's not? just funny that most of these people, dead or alive, would probably hate him. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. for sure. Oh, well, politics. All right, and number one this week, our top story in entertainment pop culture this week, comedian John Mulaney. Number one. Yeah. Comedian John Mulaney uh, can now breathe a sigh of relief. He is no longer being investigated by the Secret Service. This all started because of a joke Mulaney made back in February of 2020. He was on SNL. Uh, He made a a joke about... President Trump comparing him to Caesar. Um, The joke was this, and I'll quote, uh, leap year began in the year 45 BC under Julius Caesar. This is true. He started the leap year in order to correct the calendar, and we still do it to this day. Another thing that happened under Julius Caesar was he was such a powerful maniac that all the senators grabbed knives and they stabbed him to death. That'd be an interesting thing if we brought that back now. I asked my lawyer, uh. lawyer if I could make that joke, and he said, let me call another lawyer, and that lawyer said yes. So, the end quote. That was the joke he was talking about, uh, and apparently that that got uh, a file opened up with the Secret Service. The Secret Service investigated, uh, deemed he's not a threat <laughs> to any president, living or uh, dead. Um, he's not gonna he's not gonna go crap on the graves of any dead ones, and he's not gonna grab a knife and uh, incite a riot on, against any living ones. So uh, the might Secret play Service. Tom Jones's what's new pussycat a shit ton of times until they blow their own brains out <laughs> right he has, he has that joke about the woman on the subway he's like you don't understand i'm not a man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well, apparently at least the horse has left the hospital yeah so yeah. they the the the, the uh, secret service has decided he is not a threat so uh he can breathe easier breathe a sigh of relief those are our top five stories this week what other stories in entertainment pop culture have you guys been watching paying attention to uh throughout the week who oh, wants to go go ahead uh, i well, saw that uh, brad's peaky going blinders. yes i saw that uh, british series peaky blinders is uh scheduled to end after season six which is being filmed currently right and uh the creator of the series Stephen knight he's actually uh says that they're going to do a movie. I guess they're already kind of been in development on it and been wanting to do it for a number of years. I don't know who will direct it. I know Stephen Knight has directed shit in the past, but I don't right. know that he's directed an episode of the show itself. Um, Six seasons in a movie. That's all yeah, we need. Sounds like it. Pinky fucking blindness. <laughs> yeah. It's I a, uh, did not know it was still airing. <laughs> it's it I seems like, like kind of had a it's had a gap year because of COVID. Right. Well, you know, Brit- I guess that's 
It seems One like of the reasons why they're not doing another season, because for years, Stephen Knight said he wanted to do seven seasons of the show. Right. But because of COVID, he's like, you know what, fuck it, let's just do six and then that movie. Is it just me or does it seem like British television shows just kind of come on when they come on? Like it might oh, yeah, be two sure. years and then all of a sudden like, oh, hey, look, there's another 10 episodes of this. And then it might be six months later and there's like, hey, look, there's like three or four more. And then it goes like another two and a half years and you're like, oh, hey, here's another six episodes. It's just British it's TV is weird that way. Years, <laughs> 17 years and here's another uh, season of Sherlock finally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, And they also love a one-off Christmas special. Yeah. Like yeah. if a show hasn't been on for 15 years, they'll be like, Here's a one-off Christmas special, right? Yeah, yeah British TV is weird in that way. That. Yeah, and they, yeah. they don't really have a, a set number of episodes per season, like right. you know, in the like thirteen episodes, or if it's a like a longer series, like twenty-two. Right there, it'd be like three episodes. It'd be four episodes. It'd be six, ten. They don't really give yeah, a it's shit. Like any number is the set number. It's like like hey, they go into the production. Sense. It's like they go in the production office at the BBC and they're like, "How much money do we have today?" They're like, oh, we'll give you X amount of money. All right, well, we can get three more episodes out for that. And they're like, cool, go do it's it. It's like yeah. they literally spin a number wheel. Yeah. It's like, right. okay, how many episodes this year? Fourteen. I know. Perfect. I know that Spaced had seven episodes each season. It was just because at the time, I think most new shows had like maybe six. And they went into the studio, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg was like, how many episodes you want? Like, um, seven? They're like, you got it. And that's kind of what they stuck with for two seasons. Yep. Yeah, it's it's there. It is. Uh, what else? What other Useless stories you guys been watching? Yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's what we're full of on this show. Uh, what other stories you guys been watching this week? I'll go. Guess, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, uh, Curtis, you want to go? No, no, no. We'll save mine. <laughs> Curtis has, <laughs> Curtis has uh, a special have connection. Three stories. The third. Uh, I have uh, three stories actually. The third uh, just got announced as breaking news. I'll go. I'll lead with it. Uh, no Time to Die, the 25th James Bond movie, and the last one featuring Daniel Craig has just been announced. Variety is reporting that it has been delayed once no. again to, I believe, October 8th. Yeah, which we all so, uh, have seen coming. We talked about that. Expect for that yeah. sometime close to never. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, that sounds like a Black Bond Widow. Movie. Yeah, close to never. Some, yeah. Sometimes close to never. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that sounds like a James Bond movie. Yeah. Is that what you said, Curtis? Yeah. yeah. Close to never. I mean, Daniel Craig's been trying to get out of this contract anyway. So this is just him being like, you know, I don't really want to do this shit anyways. So Let's not. Yeah, exactly. Story number two for me, uh, CBS All Access officially becomes Paramount Plus on March 4th. Uh, they slowly over the past, since the announcement of Paramount Plus that it would be rebranding last year, uh, they have slowly added content from uh, Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, uh, TV Land, um, and uh, they will it will go into full effect with hopefully even more content from all from all their library, including Paramount Pictures and other whatnot, uh, on March fourth. Right on. And finally, uh, Joey, were you going to say something? No, I'm. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. And keep finally, uh, finally, uh, Batman, Be Batman, uh, the animated series, or rather, a show that I'm watching one episode a day uh, to start off my day, 
uh, serendipitously because of not because of that, but in ta- in uh, in coincidental tandem to that, uh, there was a rumor going around apparently that that uh, Batman the Animated Series would be will be returning as a sequel in a sequel series for HBO Max. Now, I had not heard that rumor, and I don't know if many people had heard that rumor until this past Saturday, where that rumor was made more public than it previously was by the podcast Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, with Mark Bernardin mentioning the rumor in his news roundup. And when he said that rumor, Kevin Smith uh, had a glint in his eye and his hand over his mouth with glee confirming that it is a rumor by saying that he has a source close to him saying that that is indeed something that might be happening. So not only was there a rumor to begin with, the rumor was blown up to be possibly true. And now that rumor has spread like wildfire across many uh, geek and news, geek nerd and regular news, entertainment news publications. Yeah, we'll. So uh, a rumor uh, we'll that see. wasn't really a rumor became a rumor because it's because a podcast said it was a rumor. We should start our own rumors um, about shit around on this show then. <laughs> see what happens. I, I mean, Kevin Conroy didn't know anything about it, which is not promising, right? Um, he's the voice of Batman from that series, so yeah. I mean, it could happen, and I would be stoked if it did. But if they didn't bring Paul Dini and Bruce Tim back, it can just What's fuck the point? off. I don't yeah. care. Exactly. Yeah. That's like saying, hey, we're going to do some more Star Wars shit and not bring him back George Lucas. Wait, Weird. Or, I mean, they, yeah. they never would have done something like that <laughs> six, no. six times in a row. No, and it'd go great every time. Uh, yeah. What else What else you guys have been watching? How about, uh, let's go to Caleb. I know Caleb's got a story. The Mustard yeah, Tiger um, King. The Mustard Tiger over here. So you guys remember... The man who came into our hearts when this pandemic started, Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. I can't believe that shit's like a year old. That's only a year old. That seems like 20 years ago that happened. Right? It's been a hell of a year. Yes. My man, Joe Exotic. Um, So you guys probably heard that Trump was going to issue a flurry of pardons uh, the day before he was going to leave office. And everyone was like, what? Okay. Why not? Why wouldn't he do that? Um, well, Joe Exotic got it in his head that he was going to be presidentially pardoned right <laughs> out of his little tiger cage. And uh, they even went so far as to have a giant stretch limo and a full <laughs> squad of beauticians waiting to pick up Mr. Joe Exotic from prison because he was going to get that pardon. I swear this is a real story. I thought this was an Onion article when I first saw it. I was right. like, what? what? So, <laughs> so how did that go? Um, when, what time did he get out? How did that work out? Uh, well, he did not get out. Oh. Um, <laughs> he was never pardoned. He did not get it. Uh, he released a quote that he was too innocent and just too gay for Trump to pardon him. <laughs> So uh, he's going to be. I'm gay. I do meth. <laughs> and I'm running for governor of Oklahoma. And he'd uh, probably man. get elected, unfortunately. Yeah, I would. I mean, why not? I, I was about I to mean, say. It couldn't be much weirder or worse. Right? <laughs> you couldn't. Yeah. Um, um, he was convicted of 17. Is, 
Go ahead. 17 federal charges, sentenced 22 years. Sometime in 2041, he's going to have to come out. <laughs> Maybe. We are talking, we were talking at work about it, and we're like, not that Joe Exotic and his crew seem like the smartest people in the world, but had he been pardoned by Trump, I don't know if they thought that they just wake him up and like, get the fuck out, man. You're pardoned. Like, no paperwork right. at all. Just leave. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, we get, we get the limo waiting on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not like he's going to get the tweet because Trump was banned on Twitter. It's not like he's going to know right away, you know, show that yeah. to the warden. Look, here's the tweet. I got pardoned. If he would have got a release, this guy though. run for president yeah. at one point? Who, Joe? He ran. Yeah. He's a political opponent. He ran for governor of Oklahoma in 2016. I thought he and ran for president or some shit. Like it was on a ballot I think he was, state. I think he was going to. But yeah, he... My in-laws are from Oklahoma, and that only happened in 2016, and they had no idea who the fuck he was before this happened, so he didn't make a huge dent. Right. Joe Exotic is a wild, not real man. you just like, <laughs> like what? So, uh, bummer. Would have enjoyed a YouTube series from him, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe 2041. You know somebody would have backed up the Brinks truck and been like, fuck it, we're going to assign you to an exclusive deal to produce content for our streaming service. Hell you yeah. know, You know that shit would have happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who's left? Curtis, you got any stories this week that you've been, that you've yeah. been watching intently? <clears throat> I got a story. <laughs> have you now? Do you guys want to hear about it? Tell us a story, Curtis. I'd love to hear about it. All right. So uh, here's the headline for the story. Um Infernal flame. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candle explodes into flames, causing an inferno in a woman's living room. Must I reread that? <laughs> no, I think we got. Yeah, think, I think we got that. <laughs> think we're think we're there with you. We're, we're waiting to get right. past the headline into the story. Potent shit. <laughs> Jody Thompson, fifty, won the uh, risque product sold by the Hollywood star and her wellness guru in an online quiz. The candle is described as on Gwyneth's Goop site. Yes, her site is called Goop. As yes, funny, gorgeous, sexy, beautifully unexpected. Well, it's definitely unexpected. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jody was taken by surprise after lighting it when a 50-centimeter flame leapt from the candle and out of the glass jar. Um, a media consultant said that the candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. <laughs> you know, vagina scented uh, bits, bits flying, flying everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I've never I, th seen I think I saw you like in this it. movie too, Curtis. <laughs> the whole thing was ablaze and it was too hot to touch. There was yeah, an it was. In the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot to Jody, touch was the name of that movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jody, who lives with her partner David Snow, said, "We eventually got it under control and threw it out the front door. I guess it wasn't that hot to touch. Yeah. So um, it could have burned the whole place down. It was a scary time, but funny as they." look back on it um a goop spokeswoman said uh we're in touch with the woman to see if she followed specific fire safety instructions <laughs> with lighting uh, a candle, with <laughs> the candle. Yeah. so to uh, light this candle as, don't use flame um <laughs> yeah. such as trimming the wick which is something gwen paltrow does every day and not <laughs> burning it for more than two hours at goop oh. we vet products we sell 
and make customer safety a priority. So we're, we've alerted the manufacturer to the woman's issue and also have reached out to her to send her some goop products to help pass the days in the quarantine. Yeah, who would <laughs> that are going to explode? Can't wait till that Gwyneth Paltrow butthole since he comes in that she got to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. Oh, here's her asshole. <laughs> if it explodes, it you've got trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're worried about health and safety, even though multiple doctors have come out against multiple products on that site and said, do not stick these rocks up your vagina. That's not safe. Don't put these up there. No. Up your ass, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, If a hamster goes up there, rocks can go up there. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Oh, yes. Well, let us know what you think are the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send your suggestions to us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoesthecultureculture.com. We've got a giveaway, a winner to announce. Uh, we uh, partnered up with our friends over at Retrofied Magazine. They've done uh, their very first issue. Issue number one of Retrofied Magazine is out. Uh, digital versions are out. The actual physical books are at the printer right now. So even before you get a book in your hand, you can get a digital copy. Uh, we their 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 theme for this first issue because it's the first of the year is all about reboots, restarts, those types of things. And one of the questions, one of the articles in this magazine uh, is about classic cartoons that are due for a reboot. What classic cartoons would you want to see rebooted? So we asked on social media, what classic cartoon do you think is due for a reboot? We took all of the people who have answered the question. We threw y'all into a random number generator and we have a winner who's going to get a free download, uh, download code so they can download issue number one of retrofied magazine. And that winner is our buddy, Mike Marlowe from fellowship of the geeks podcast, a podcast here on the pop goes, the culture podcast network. He suggested that the cartoon that is prime for a reboot is Dexter's laboratory. Is anybody, we got any Dexter's laboratory fans here. I watched Dexter pretty hard back in the day. Yeah. It's it's a good one. I kind of dug it. So we will get a download. I, I knew the fake, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, I knew the fake Dexter Avengers before I knew the real Avengers, if I'm being honest. With uh, Valhalla. Like the and, Hulk and, yeah. Yeah, Valhalla. Val, no, yeah. Not, not Valhalla. Val, 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 Van Halen. It's, it's, a, it's like Van Halen. I can't, it's Valhalla, but it's also Van Halen. I can't fucking say it. But yeah. Valhalla. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I'd love to see a Dexter's Lab reboot. We're going to get that digital download code to our buddy Mike. Be sure to check out Retrofied Magazine's premiere issue at retrofiedmagazine.com. We are going to do another giveaway next week. We're going to give away another digital download code. Uh, So be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PGTC Podcast so uh, you can participate and possibly win a digital download of Retrofied number one. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. Coming up, we got this week's Battle of the Bands still in front of us. You'll want to check that out. Plus, we're taking a look at what's coming up in the next week in entertainment and pop culture. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Hello friends, my name is Jason A. Meiske. 
I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know, and for sure, several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. Thanks to everybody who voted in the pop quiz. Uh, we're going to talk about those results. This comes off of last week's face-off game that we played, where we did a face-off uh, inspired by the movie with Dickless Cage and John Travolta. Um, we face-swapped Val Kilmer. We said, let's take Val Kilmer out of his films that he's been in. Pick an actor to put in his place. That actor gets every Val Kilmer role. And Val Kilmer gets every one of that actor's roles. So total total swap there. And uh, we asked people to vote for who they thought was the best face-off swap with Val Kilmer. And here are the results. In third place with 18% of the votes was Oscar Isaac, which was, that was yours, right, Brad? Yeah, that was mine. Okay. In second place, doubling up that, uh, second place with 37% of the votes was Robert Downey Jr., which was, that was yours, Curtis, right? That was it. So in first place with nearly half, 45% of the votes, Kurt Russell, Caleb wins his first poll with the Pop Goes the Culture. So uh, 45% of the voters said Kurt Russell. You enjoyed that poll. (laughs) I I was not present for that that part last week, but... uh, all of those would have made a great kit in uh, the 2008 reboot of Knight Rider, which Val Kilmer was the voice of Kit for. There you go. So thanks again to everybody who voted. Uh, we've got another pop quiz coming up. So let's talk about how, what we're going to do, how it's going to work, what people are going to be voting on this week. It's time for the Battle of the Bands. So what we're going to do is we're going to take two albums – by two different bands. We're going to compare them track by track, and we're going to decide which, just amongst ourselves, we'll decide which is the winner, which is the better album in this Battle of the Bands. But as people know who've listened, our opinion doesn't mean shit. We're going to ask people to vote on social media for which they think is the better album. And the albums this week, uh, you guys who are going to be doing this selected them. Uh, I think Dakota selected his first. He said, I could back up Led Zeppelin 2 all day fucking long, put it up against anything. And so we said, well, I let's said find I would physically fight someone uh, if they <laughs> said it wasn't the best album. I would castrate a cocaine hippo if somebody said <laughs> that's not going to work. So, uh, uh, so then we, we wanted to go with something that was about the same time frame about the same era we didn't want to compare it to like you know something from you know 2010 or whatever so curtis said he thought that he could defend the doors album la woman against led zeppelin 2 
Uh, so that is how the gauntlet was thrown down. That is the challenge. What we're going to do, so L.A. Woman is an album with 10 tracks. Uh, Led Zeppelin II only has nine. So, Curtis, because you chose um, L.A. Woman, you got to eliminate one track. So I'm assuming you eliminated what you thought was the weakest track from the album. That way we've got an even nine versus nine. Each of you will get one minute. So we'll go track by track. So we'll start with track number one from each album you'll get one minute to tell us why that track from that album is better than the opposing track from the opposing album after you guys give your case your one minute case then the rest of us who are here will talk about it and we'll vote and we will vote on all nine tracks and so uh, at the end of this thing whichever album has the most wins is going to be our winner so does that make absolutely no sense to anybody else? Because <laughs> it's a lot of words I just threw out there. I think once we get started, it'll be pretty simple. It'll be really self-explanatory. So, so are you guys cool with that? Does that work? Is that, are we ready for this? Ready to battle yeah, the right. bands? Yeah. All right. Okay. So we are going to start with track one from the album L.A. Woman by The Doors. So Curtis is taking that album. Your track is The Changeling. You have one minute. Let me pull up the timer. You have is this, one uh, minute. Do I trash the other one, or is it, it is, it like is why it's better? It is make a case for yours and or trash the other. Whatever, okay. whatever it is you feel like you need to do to get the victory for this track on this album. Are you ready, Curtis? I'm ready. Here we go. Your timer starts now. Okay, so The Changeling by The Doors, it's literally about a changeling. Uh, I'm the air you breathe, the foods you eat, the friends you uh, greet in the sullen street. Um, perfect for someone who's in L.A., who's been in L.A. forever. Not only that, but it's a really nice, funky track. And uh, way better than uh, Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin, which is literally based off a 1962 Muddy Waters song called You Need Love written by the great Willie Dixon. The band was sued in 1985 and the courts ruled in favor of Dixon because Led Zeppelin has a penchant to, you know, steal things and not give credit for it. Um, so that's why a whole lot of love is not getting a whole lot of love for me because it's just straight up plagiarism. Uh, so yeah, plus it's kind of just a typical 70s track it's just kind of like here's a rock song and that's the end of your time that's cutting you off all right one minute there you go all right dakota you have one minute the first track from led zeppelin 2 is whole lot of love are you ready i am ready all right your timer starts now okay so first off whole lot of love is unlike the changeling which is a song about being in la is a song about fucking which I think everyone is on board with. Um, also, if we're talking about ripoffs, that James Brown ripoff ass changeling song can suck <laughs> Robert Plant's gigantic penis. Um, <laughs> but that being said, um, I mean, this, this song, you want to say it's like every other song from the seventies, but I mean, it's the first time someone used a theremin just for a long time for no reason. Uh, Jimmy Page really killed it with that. And you really get to hear someone actually sing like Robert Plant, um, unlike Jim Morrison, who just kind of kind of grumbles at stuff naked usually. So um, now I'd say a uh, whole lot of love does have some fluff, 
but I don't feel like they're going to quit singing the song and then go announce for like, all right, that's it. Time is uh, time is up. <laughs> so you each had a minute to uh, make your pitch. So for the rest of us, our panelists here, we've got Brad and Brandon and uh, Caleb. If Caleb's back, I don't know if he's back. He had to step away for just a second. Um, and and I, uh, we are going to decide between the three, four of us, whoever's here, uh, which track is the better track of the two. Uh, who wants to go first? How about you, Brad? Do you got any thoughts on this one? Not yet. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Brandon, how about you? So here's the thing. I'm not completely familiar with both of these albums, so I'm going to go purely based off of argument, the most compelling argument for right. me, mm-hmm. not knowing too much of the reference points. Right. I, and I'll make it short and sweet. Curtis won that one for me. All right. Thank uh, you. Caleb, how about you? You got the Changeling from the Doors and a whole lot of love. Led Zeppelin. Which of the two do you feel is the stronger, the stronger track? Zeppelin. A lot of love. All right. Brad, have you got a thought yet? Yeah, I feel like Curtis made a better argument, but come on, Curtis, it's a whole lot of love. I know you <laughs> fucking love that song too. <laughs> yeah, it's a better song. I'm a, so I'm gonna go. Uh, it's not a. I mean, just it's not a tiebreaker because it's not a tie. But the first album, the first track on an album, needs to set the tone for the rest of the album. And uh, if you're looking at the Changeling versus Whole Lot of Love, Whole Lot of Love sets the tone for the rest of the album. The Changeling, uh, <laughs> maybe the Changeling does too. I, but we're, uh, the Whole Lot of Love is certainly. I, uh, I think it does. I think I would much rather uh, listen to that album with that song uh, in the number one slot. So Whole Lot of Love is going to take the battle, the track number one battle, uh, at a vote of three to one. And uh, again, yeah, I appreciate you. Like Brandon said, you can go off of the argument or you can go if you're not familiar with the music. Um, and that's totally a valid well, way to look at it as well. I'm winging this. I did not know we were preparing. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know Curtis was. I didn't know Curtis was going to Wikipedia either. So I went to my job today where I worked. So excuse me for not writing this shit down. I, 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 I have no skin in this weeks. game whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So since uh, Dakota won that one, we will let Curtis kick off the next one again. Uh, we will go with the second track on each album. For Curtis, you are looking at the track uh, Love Her Madly by The Doors. You will have one minute to defend Love Her Madly or take a piss on what is and what should never be, which is the number two track on the other album. Are you ready, Curtis? I'm ready. Here you go. Your timer starts now. So Love Her Madly was written by Robbie Krieger. Granted, a lot of his stuff is not quite on the level of what Morrison does, but he is pretty adequate with what he does. Um, there are two C, um, session musicians on this song, Mark Benno on rhythm guitar and uh, Jerry Sheff, who was Elvis's bass player playing bass on most of this album. Um, this is just a nice little catchy pop song that is was their first single from the album. Um, going over to what is and what never should be is the remaster of this song i spent the last week and a half re-listening to this album this song sounds like shit they remastered this in 2014 and they gave us what sounds like a fucking old cassette tape 
it is gargled and awful and it never should have been remastered so wow and the song again is that's just your kind time of, you're typical that is your time <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> dakota you have one minute to respond or state your own case are you ready dakota Yes, I All am right. super ready. Good deal. Your time starts right, so, now. So what? What is and what should never be? Um, is my favorite song on my favorite album of all time, because you get a lot of range from Robert Plant, who is arguably one of the best vocalists of all time. You get the lows, the highs, and then he belts it on the on the badass chorus that they wrote in it. Um, the only thing that should ever be remastered is every song by the doors with a completely different band and singer. <laughs> so there's that problem. Um, love her madly has some lyrics in it for sure. And most of them are love her madly over and over again. So fuck <laughs> off with that. Um, what is much should never be has lots of really good lyrics and amazing instrumentalists. So um, again, I didn't look up the history of it. I didn't know we were going that hard, but <laughs> hands down, just easily a better song. It's not, it's not the breakout hit from this album. Like love her madly. That's was, your time. Or woman was. All right. That's your time. Okay. So based on the discussions we heard, based on what you may or may not know of the songs, what, what, who, what opinions do we have on this one? And just jump in whoever between uh, Brandon and Brad and Caleb. <laughs> Curtis had a better fleshed out argument. Uh-huh. I mean, Curtis is over here just like drawing it out. You know? and I'm just like, mm, yeah, <laughs> love her madly. I I do. That's a good song, but um, don't be biased. I mean, <laughs> don't you love her madly? But uh, Plant does have some really good vocal range in in uh, in that second track. So, man, I don't know. Uh, this is hard. Okay. Let's just go Zeph one again. It's not for me because, again, I know nothing. Uh, Curtis had a better argument. And also, uh, you know, Robbie Krieger once had a cameo on Conan to play guitar while uh, Jack Black and Boy George saying, hello, I love you. Fun fact. Okay. Hey, so you're going with Lover Medley? Is that what I heard then? I go with Curtis. All righty. Brad, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, obviously Curtis came more prepared than Dakota did. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> of the songs, Absolutely. what is and what should never be is a, is a solid Led Zeppelin song, but it is, it's not even like their top 10 for me. I like it. I'll hear it on the radio. I like it. It's not one of my overwhelmingly favorites. Um, Love Her Madly is not really one of my favorite door songs either. But I do like it a hell of a lot more than a lot of other door songs. Uh, I think I'm going to go with "Love Her Madly." Weirdly, like I think I'm going to go with that one. That might be the only victory he gets. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll see. I I think I I think I'm going to lean with the crowd too. So we are split down the middle after two songs with one each. Let's go to track three. And since uh, Curtis won that one, we'll give Dakota the opportunity to go first this time. The third track from Led Zeppelin 2 is The Lemon Song. Dakota, are you ready to talk The Lemon Song? 
Obviously fucking not. Um, Are you ready to pretend? I know how the next seven songs are going to go, and it's not looking great for me argument-wise, because I thought we were just going to kind of bullshit with each other. I'll tell you though, no, that's that's, you're good. Bullshitting is fine. I think uh, I'm bullshitting here, but yeah, (laughs) I I think if you're talking about the worried, if you're worried about the next seven songs, if you're worried about the next seven songs, you clearly have not looked at the next seven songs Curtis has coming up. I'm looking right at them actually. We got a few that might be close. I'm gonna I'm gonna be nicer about this one. Once All right. it's my turn. So All right. go you well? go you are going first. So you start your time starts now. Okay, so the lemon song by Led Zeppelin is boy. Again, they got sued pretty hard for this. <laughs> I'm gonna give Curtis that. He's he's not wrong. Um by like three or four blues musicians. That's kind of Led Zeppelin's thing. We get that, sure. But they're a super group. That's what you got to keep in mind. I mean, best vocalist you're going to find. Amazing guitar player. Broke boundaries. Um, amazing drummer. Loudest drummer in Birmingham. Um, and then the best studio and session bass player and live bass player of all time, John Paul Jones. And that motherfucker in the Lemon Song just shreds it. Um, if you haven't listened to the Lemon Song very far through in a while, listen to that bass line and it'll change your life forever. And Robert Plant screaming, squeeze my lemon till the juice runs down my leg. Sure, Robert Johnson wrote it in the 20s, but Robert Plant made me horny when he said it. So <laughs> I'm that is time. Um, <laughs> That's your time on that. That's one minute. All right, Curtis. <laughs> Good luck topping that. <laughs> Are you ready, Curtis? Okay. Your time starts now. Okay, so. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, the Lemon Song is pretty identical to Howlin' Wolf's Killin' Floor. And yeah, they were sued pretty hard for that one because I actually went back and listened to the original, and Jesus Christ, that's just like straight up plagiarism right there. And they tried to deny it. It's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> no pun intended. So, Been Down So Long is probably one of the greatest blues songs that The Doors ever put out. Um, it draws upon the themes of depression. Uh, liberation and sexuality i've been down so goddamn long that it looks like up to me it's borrowed from musician richard farina's book been down so long it looks like up to me which was also borrowed from the blues man fury lewis's i've been down so long it looks like up to me you know what the difference is between the doors and led zeppelin is the doors cites their sources they give credit (laughs) where credit's due they don't try to pass it off as their own shit and they get sued later so that's um, your time curtis yeah. time's up so <laughs> in the battle of who plagiarizes the best or the worst uh gentlemen our panelists what do you got which one are you going with here <laughs> feel free to jump in because I, I know everybody's like i don't Somebody care about either first. one of these fucking songs but so, that's um <laughs> here's what i think and again it's not much uh so uh, do you, are you guys familiar with uh, the Liberty Valance effect? No, what's that? Okay, so uh, the comedian and star of our creator and star of Arliss, uh, Robert Wool, who was also in Tim Burton's Batman, he came up with this idea of the Liberty Valance effect based on uh, the old Jimmy Stewart movie, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And there's a line towards the end of the movie. Okay. What? 
Yeah, he's with you. Yeah, we're, we're with you. Um, I, I didn't right towards the end of the movie. Balance. Oh yeah, sorry, if my audio is going. going in, Matt. That's all right. Um, You're good. There's a line towards the end of the movie where uh, someone says to, I think, Jimmy Stewart or John Wayne or one of them says, "When the legend becomes fact, print the legend." They say it and to Jimmy Stewart. To, yeah, so there's something to be said about that. In terms of this, the fact that uh, in Dakota's defense, uh, the Led Zeppelin songs in all of these scenarios have become the more popular versions of these songs says something about the songs themselves, whether they came from somewhere else. Those were the Led Zeppelin interpretations were the one that ones that blew up that does say something but again curtis had a better argument so which one are you going with after that fucking <laughs> after that long after that long explanation which one are you going curtis. with curtis okay curtis. just want to make sure uh let's see uh caleb and brad what do you guys got i'm going lemon song okay um i mean that that one's a banger so make it horny Make me That's it. <laughs> Makes you want to squeeze your lemon, does it? All right. <laughs> Brad. Well, a woman squeezes my lemons too hard. I'll be down a goddamn long time, too. <laughs> <laughs> might, might take you a hot minute to get back up, is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, damn it. I actually, I really like both of these songs. And I know uh, the lemon song does straight up steal from uh, Traveling Riverside Blues. Um. Which they also but stole I still... the exact title for. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I kind of have to go. I kind of have to go with the lemon song. Yeah, of the two, and... I've got to go with the lemon song as well, which makes it a three to one victory in Dakota's favor. After three songs, it's two to one uh, for Led Zeppelin two. So. Curtis gets to go first this time when we talk about the fourth tracks from each of these albums. Curtis is defending Cars Hiss by My Window from The Doors while uh, Dakota will be talking Thank You from Led Zeppelin. Curtis, you get to go first. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Just before that, I just want to say, Curtis, I'm pulling for you. It's okay. Look, look, I came came into this fight knowing that the majority (laughs) of the world is biased. (laughs) To Led Zeppelin, so that's fine. all right. He's ready. <laughs> Thank he's he's Thank swinging you very up. Much. All right, here I'm we swinging. go. Your uh, Curtis, your time starts now. Okay, so car hits by my window um, demonstrates what is one of the best aspects about the Doors, and it's that they majority of their songs, including this album, are recorded live with little to no overdubbing or overproduction afterwards, and this song represents that wholeheartedly. Um, one of the great things about Doors drummer John Densmore is that he's a jazz drummer. He did he, he wasn't into the blues like Robbie Krieger or even like Jim Morrison. He he's like straight up. He's got that jazz improvisation. He can go with whatever manic thing George, Jim Morrison is doing. He can go with how crazy Ray Manzarek's piano can go. He he just he can keep everything tight. And usually, like, within one or two takes, that's what they use on the album, and it's a great song. Um, Thank You is, again, just another typical uh, that's it. Uh, Led Zeppelin song. 
Yep. Time's up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dakota, are you ready to respond? Yeah. All right. Let's your time this. starts now. Okay. So, I'm going to be real with you guys. I only made it through three songs on this fucking album because it's so shitty of LA Woman. I, I knew LA Woman and Riders on the Storm because they're on the radio sometimes. So I never made it to this one. I imagine it sucks as, rest, as bad as the rest of them. Um, but Thank You is an original Led Zeppelin song that did not get sued for. And <laughs> unlike Ray Manzarek, um, John Paul Jones can actually play the piano, which he improvises at the beginning of every intro to the song when they play it live which is pretty impressive musically, unlike every piano part The Doors ever did. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say thank you. Oh, it was also written for Robert Plant's wife, who died in the car accident, and if you don't vote for it, you're kind of an asshole. So that's all I've got. I don't even need a minute. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so who wants to be the asshole to vote against now? Um, so we heard the two arguments. Uh, what, what, what say we, fellas? I'm just in 1924. Oh, good lord! Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> I vote for Curtis. No, I vote for Curtis just because I'm, uh, I'm bored and I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm going thank you because it's got that flute. And that's fun. That's an organ, so you're wrong. Oh, it's an organ. Hey, if somebody's playing the flute, tell us the difference between playing the flute and playing the organ. Caleb knows about as much as the organ as Raymond Zarek, so. <laughs> it's true. Wow. You're, just, you're just doing that because Kenny does, isn't here, so. <laughs> Brad, where are you going? I got to say, Led Zeppelin's version of Thank You isn't even my favorite version of that song. I like Chris Cornell's you version say, much better. I thought you were going to say Limp Biscuit, and I was going to punch oh, you. God, no. <laughs> uh, I hate did it a version of that song. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with yeah. Cars Hiss by My Window just because I love kind of the bluesy feel of that song. It's actually one of my favorites from that album. Like, it's not one of the most popular, but it's just kind of got a layback feel to it. And I don't just right at the start of the song, I'm already kind of grooving to it. Um, I'm going with the doors on this one. Uh, Dakota, I think you should owe it to yourself to finish the album. It's not much longer than that. At least listen this song. This is my favorite on that album, I think. Or one I started this album three times since you brought up Listen to Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and I've made it three songs in every time. <laughs> well, stop starting from the beginning. <laughs> Pick up where you left off. Each time, listen every day. Listen every day. Listen to one song and be like, "Fuck, I can get through this. I can do this." Because you're right. missing out. Love, love, love. America is great, man. Just saying. All right, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, so we're gonna we're gonna give this one to Curtis then, uh, which ties us at two each, two to two. Uh, so we're on to the fifth track. This fifth track, uh, since Curtis won the last one, we'll start with Dakota. The fifth track from Led Zeppelin two is Heartbreaker, and the fifth track with uh, with uh, L.A. Woman is the title track. L.A. Woman, Dakota, are you ready? I guess. All right, your time yes. starts now. Um, while LA Woman is probably the best track on this album, I'm looking at it. It's the title track. It's a single. It's a really popular song. Um, Heartbreaker is arguably the most popular song on Led Zeppelin 2. And when someone says rock and roll, the guitar solo for Heartbreaker, someone can just think of that whole solo in their brain. 
and my someone i mean most people have listened to any form of rock and roll in the last 30 years um not to mention that and track six are kind of two parters but um again you get a lot of robert plant vocal range on that song that i think set the tone for most rock and roll bands moving forward up until now even um chris cornell wouldn't have had an awesome version of thank you if it weren't for the inspiration from heartbreaker on led zeppelin too so the only woman's fine i guess whatever there we go all right curtis you have one minute are you ready i'm ready all right your time starts now la woman is la um I see your hair is burning. Hills are filled with fire. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many wildfires does LA suffer from yearly? So, um, and it's just, it's a great little, it's got, it's got the blues. It's got some of that avant-garde shit that the doors have always been known for. You know, Jim Morrison doesn't have to have the range of a Robert Plant, especially for these type of songs. Um, he, was inspired by both Elvis and uh, Frank Sinatra. If you look at some of the previous albums, you can definitely hear that range that isn't on this album because that's not what this album requires. Um, I will say that Heartbreaker is probably one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. It always has been. But that guitar solo, re-listening to it, it's not as good as you think it is. Like You can just hear that he's like, uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, and uh, that's uh. time. All right. L.A. Woman and Heartbreaker. This might be the, for my money, probably the close, the the, the closest one. The one that that maybe uh, maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, between the two, let's turn go to our panel. What are your thoughts, L.A. Woman or Heartbreaker? I do not think Jimmy Page is winging it on that <laughs> song. I go mean, back and listen to it again. I mean, it's a fine solo, but dang it, L.A. Woman is a good song, too. It sets kind of an atmospheric tone when it starts, and it kind of just, you know, it kind of builds, and it goes through, and has, yeah, waves. But you're right, Joey. This is, like, tough. It's, like, neck and neck. Um, but I think I'm going to go Zeppelin just for that opening riff. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's what they're good at. Brandon and Brad, your thoughts? Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, Damn, this is a hard one because I really do like the song L.A. Woman. Um, And it is one of their better songs, like without a doubt. I think if it had gone up against any song other than Heartbreaker, I might have went for it. But Heartbreaker is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Um, hell, even if it had gone up against like the second half of Heartbreaker, which is a different song, uh, Live and Love and Made, I think L.A. Woman would have had it. But well, it's going up against Heartbreaker, and Heartbreaker's got it. I just I I get into Heartbreaker so much more than I do L.A. Woman. When I hear L.A. Woman, all I do is imitate Jim Morrison going, L.A. Woman! But Heartbreaker, I actually... (laughs) (laughs) That was actually a pretty good good impersonation there. (laughs) Where was that shit last week when we were asking for impressions? You know, this man had alcoholism. We're laughing at an alcoholic. (laughs) It's a serious disease. <laughs> Don't you feel like assholes for laughing? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so we've got two for heartbreakers so far. Brandon Parnes, let's go to you. Yeah, knowing nothing. Yep. That will be the catchphrase for me this evening. Uh, I was thinking of the Pat Benatar song, so I gave it to Curtis. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same song. All right. I'll so, uh, <laughs> but, but Curtis will take anything at this point. I, I'm going to also go with Heartbreaker. Um, yeah. Look, look, I get it. Yeah. I, I get no, it. There, yeah. You, you, you lose the heartbreak. You're like, oh, well, fuck. Okay. Fine. Like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm okay with losing the heartbreaker. Right. And, and to everybody's, to everybody's point, if it was a different, if the two track fives were different songs, could have gone completely different. So that's just the way probably it broke not. this time. That's just the way yeah. it broke. So just let's as an do. Outsider, probably not. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, maybe I don't know. I, th- I think we probably could have voted. I think you could have got three for L.A. Woman if it had been something else, but it's not. Right. Yeah. All right, tracks number six on these two albums. Uh, Curtis will go first. Um, I'm going to have to step away for a second because somebody else timed these guys because I've got to step away. I got to take care of something real fast. Anybody got a, a timer? Brandon, you can time it. Cool deal. Yeah. Brandon's going to time you guys at a one minute each. Curtis is going to go first with Lamerica, and then uh, Dakota will go second with Livin' Lovin' Made. And Brandon, I'm going to hand it to you until I get back. Okay, Curtis. This is my moment where I get to do my Bradley Walsh impression. I won't do the British accent, though. None of you know who that is unless you watch Talk to Him, but he's also a game show host. Okay, Curtis, <laughs> your time starts now. So, La America is literally like, hey, we live in California, we live in LA, let's go to like fucking Tijuana and do some weird shit, you know? That's exactly what this song is. Uh, it's like a like a drug trip paranoia fantasy circus. There's that reverb in the guitar that's just kind of amazing. The lyrics are full of just like, I, I listen to this album in, in general, and it's just like, I laugh because there's a sense of humor to this album. Jim Morrison is a pretty funny guy. If you just read into his lyrics. Um, <laughs> let's see. Living, love, and made. Um, it's just kind of living in the shadow of heartbreaker. It's nowhere near as good. And I always change the station when it comes on because heartbreaker was the better of the two. So um, back to America about that sense of humor. We'll change your weather, we'll change your luck, and then they'll teach you how to find yourself. You thought they were going to say, fuck, that's didn't time. you? That is time. <laughs> Curtis, your time is up. Okay, Dakota, your time starts now. I don't know how funny it was, um, the Led Zeppelin song versus the the door song, but... Uh, Living Long Maid was written about a groupie that would bother Led Zeppelin all the time. Um, and it is just about like your standard. I mean, she just does her pills, does her drugs, follows bands around, tries to sleep with them. And it's the perfect follow-up for Heartbreaker. Yeah, it's probably more solid when it follows up Heartbreaker. I don't know a lot of people that go to track six first on Led Zeppelin 2 and start listening to it. I don't think that's the one they're seeking out. But in being played seamlessly with heartbreaker it's a it's a really good follow-up for what the message of heartbreaker was Uh, lamerica again sounds fine i don't know i've never heard it um but as long as we're going to be like brandon and not know any of the songs and then just vote one way you should vote for me i don't (laughs) i don't know 
And that is time. Very good. Thank you. Time, Joey, back to you. Thanks, Brandon, for taking over for me for a second there. So the two tracks, track sixes, uh, Lamerica and Live and Love and Made, from our panelists, what are your thoughts? Where are you going to go with this one? I'm just going to go with Curtis. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, shit. Curtis no, needs my support. Brandon, I think Brandon just hates my gut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> twice. No, I, 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 I made a pretty decent argument on that one, so yeah, too bad Joey didn't hear it. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Curtis isn't going to get much love for some reason, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to make sure he gets If you would listen to both albums, you would know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, you don't even want to know my taste in music, so I would have no skin in this game either way. My favorite Led Zeppelin song is Stairway to Heaven because that's pretty much the only one I know. Oh, well, there you go. That's fair. It's a... Let's that one's also, uh, also a ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to but, let's like, go to Caleb. I, I, <laughs> my dad have a joke that's saying even now Robert Plant should end all his performances with "and she's buying a stairway to heaven." We can't clear that, by the way, so you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Caleb and Brad. How were you swayed by the arguments by the songs themselves? Where are you going to go with this one? I never heard "Love America." until i poked around on the doors album in preparation for this episode <laughs> which is more which is more than dakota's done <laughs> threw it on, i was like america, america. i was just like ah. so, so i'm gonna stick i'm gonna go that one on this one too okay so it's a split brad where are you going well i think curtis kind of had it on the nose when he said that live and love and maids kind of living in heartbreakers shadow <laughs> i like live and love and made but it's like it always gets played immediately after heartbreaker gets played on the radio right and on the album it just flows right into it but heartbreaker is definitely the more enjoyable of those two songs and live and love and maids just kind of like the disappointing like oh i'm the like the extra shit that's just hanging off well, it's like i don't know I, i'm gonna go with lamerica as weird as it is I'm gonna go with America. It well, is kind we, of like I got stuck with the song. Dingleberry of songs. On that <laughs> one, so, yeah. yeah, you did. Uh, well, the good news—the good news is it's gonna be a split because uh, "Live and Love and Made" is just the second half of "Heartbreaker," and so if you're going with "Heartbreaker" and the fifth, and then you're going against. A, a, a not good door song versus the second half of Heartbreaker. I'm going with Living Love and Made. So we're going to we get a tie on that one. It's a split. So that's good. We, we'll we see what happens because uh, we may have opportunities for more of those as we go here. Uh, so the seventh track on each of these albums, we, let's see, who who led that one? I guess Curtis led that one. Um, so yeah. just so we'll just we'll we'll flop it back to uh, to Dakota on this one since that was a tie. We've got Ramble On by Led Zeppelin in the number seven spot, and we're going with Hyacinth House by the Doors in the number seven spot. Dakota, are you ready? Yep, <laughs> as ready as you're going to be. All right, your mm-hmm. time starts now. Boy, this one should be easy for everyone, including Brandon, because I know he's at least a little bit of a big nerd <laughs> and ramp. Milan was written because everyone in this group, especially Art Pant, loved Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's not even like a, a sly reference to how much they love Lord <laughs> of the Rings. They straight up say Ring Race, Gollum comes up, Mordor comes up, uh, Mount Mordor. It's it's just basically if you got to hear Lord of the Rings as a dope rock and roll song, and that alone is pretty awesome. 
um, A for nerds and B for rock and roll fans. Um, Hyacinth House, uh, good alliteration, I guess, on the name. <laughs> so good for them. Good for them. Do do you uh, turn in the rest of your time? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard the other songs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaker reserves his time. Back to the chair. All right. So we got uh, we got Curtis. Are you ready to uh, to talk Hyacinth House versus Ramble On? Yeah, sure. All right. Your time starts now. So, um, the, in Hyacinth House, the, the line, someone who doesn't need me refers to Morrison's troubles with his then-girlfriend, Pamela Corson. Um, John Densmore has stated that this is probably one of the Doors' saddest songs. It doesn't, when you listen to it, it's like, it's not that sad, but when you read the lyrics, like, Jim Morrison was heartbroken, you know, and doesn't help being like an alcoholic just being addicted to alcohol and whatever the hell else he was addicted to and having a girlfriend who's addicted to heroin and fucking all these other guys and shit but um yeah it's it's kind of a sad song so a bit of a weird song but you know and uh ramble on yeah okay so all these dudes are like getting pussy 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 they're like hey let's appeal to these nerds who don't get laid and maybe they can hope that they can get laid let's talk about lord of the rings and they're like hey cool they didn't get laid. They still didn't get laid. <laughs> they time. like Lord of the Rings. Time, time, time. <laughs> All right. So to our panel, <laughs> do you like Lord of the Rings or do you like getting squat your heart broken by a, by a drug addict? addict? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where are we going well, between these Lord two Rings, songs? Man. <laughs> All right. So are you I'm going Lord with the Rings? You going with Ramble on <laughs> <Yeah>. then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. All right. Brad, Brandon, what do you guys got? Uh... Just go ahead and say it. <laughs> Curtis, you had a really good argument, but um, I'm going with Ramble On, even though it's not even one of my favorite Led Zeppelin tunes. It's just I enjoy hearing it more than Hyacinth House because it is kind of just like this low mood, just kind of like, hmm, okay. Yeah, this is this is a blast listening to this. <laughs> Music yeah. to slit your wrist to is what we like to call that. Right? <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would rather listen to Robert Plant singing about Gollum Stealing his woman. As stupid as that is. What you don't realize is that Gollum was packing a, a, a huge. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, it only Brandon. Like because how scrawny he was. Yeah. A, a huge package with a huge ring on the top. A cock ring, yes. Yeah. Lord of the cock rings. Precious. There you go. Brandon, where are you going with this one? Okay. So, I've only seen the first Lord of the Rings movie. Did not enjoy it. Damn it! God damn it, Brandon! <laughs> so fuck you, Dakota. Game show. <laughs> this is actually based on the price. This is right, Brandon. <laughs> oh, I would even respond to that one. Uh, but if we were playing this as we were last week with Face Off, technically. Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison, so Jim Morrison would be the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. Therefore, all Dakota's arguments about Robert Plant being the best singer, he would be the lead singer of The Doors. 
Yeah, but we're not doing so, that shit. Curtis <laughs> yeah, but that's not what we're doing. <laughs> so, so if you got to vote for Curtis by giving him, <laughs> hey, so if we're doing this, so if this was opposite day, <laughs> so check this shit out. Here's yeah. how it works. <laughs> it's fucking okay. I'll I'll give you this, Curtis. You did a good job of reading that Wikipedia article for us. Um, but if, oh, if you no, compare, that wasn't Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, you went you went somewhere I don't else. Remember Wikipedia swearing that much? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fucking ramble on. Come on. All right. Yeah, let's go with yeah, let's go with the eighth song. We're almost done. We got two left. We have the eighth track from each. We have Curtis leading us off with Crawling King Snake from the Doors versus Moby Dick from Led Zeppelin. Track eight for each of you. Curtis, are you ready? I'm ready. Curtis, your time starts now. So this is a blues song that was recorded by numerous other artists. Uh, it is believed to be originated as a Delta Blues song in the 1920s and related to earlier songs such as Black Snake Blues by Victoria Spivey and Black Snake Moan by Blind Lemon Jefferson. Um, John Lee Hooker is the one person who changed it to Crawling King Snake, and that's what the Doors went with. And guess who it's credited to? Wow, it's credited to John Lee Hooker. They're his version, so... And it's actually a pretty great blues song. If you listen to all these other versions, they kind of do their own thing, and but they're kind of similar. No, The Doors, they do their own shit with it, and it's pretty great. Um, what are we on? Moby Dick? That drum solo is like a poor man's version of Inagata Vita. Just because it's loud and then soft and loud and soft doesn't mean anything. People suck John Bottom's dick so much, and that that solo doesn't help, man. That, that sucks. It's awful. Time. You are timed out. Is All that right. Guy is necrophilia? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it might be. I can't go over Brad's uh, super awesome uh, <laughs> mashup name. Yeah. For those of you who are watching the uh, live stream, you you get to see uh, Brad changing his, his handle in real time. All right. <laughs> Dakota, are you ready? Yes. All right. Your time starts now. Um, Moby Dick do- doesn't really have any any lyrics, which is a bummer because Robert Plant is a fantastic vocalist, unlike Jim Morrison, who's just a naked commie draft dodger. Um, but also, <laughs> I got Joey on that one. <laughs> but but anyways, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Curtis is not laughing. Draft the drum solo. He's never dodged it. He pretended to be gay to get out of out of the, the draft, um, which is rude to gay people as well. But no, um, this drum solo from Other Dick is fantastic. I feel like most drummers would argue that, and just the little guitar riff that plays at the beginning and end is is pretty iconic. Almost as much as Whole Lot of Love or Heartbreaker, which are again three really iconic guitar riffs in the classic rock genre. So time. I mean, fuck that blue song. So. No, 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 no. Fuck you for waiting until I took a drink. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> again, for the, for those watching on the live stream, I apologize for spitting everything back into my water bottle because either that or all over the keyboard and the keyboard cost too much for that. Fuck you. I'm voting for Curtis this time just off of that alone. No, all right, Curtis. <laughs> Are you ready, Curtis? 
your Are time. You gonna get, I, I already uh, did mine. Did you do his argument? There you go. Okay. No, I fucking know. He got so thrown by naked commie draft dodger. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I mean, so I'll argue let's, again. No, 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 no. You're you're good. I, we got you. Yeah, they do their own shit. I know. We got everything. All right. So let's go to our panelists. Um, panelists, what say you? Crawling King Snake and Moby Dick. Who goes first? Anybody that wants to, go ahead, Brad. I'll go first. Um, I I am a blues enthusiast, and so I really already like Crawling King Snake, and the Doors do a pretty good cover of it. Um, Moby Dick, it's all right. It's missing Robert Plant's vocals, which is a lot of like what like made Led Zeppelin famous is his fucking powerhouse vocals. And you take that away, it's just kind of a okay. I, it's an all right little instrumental piece. Um, the drum solo is like, maybe it's because I watched that movie Whiplash recently. It's really not that impressive. <laughs> it's um, not. <laughs> but like, it, it's a solid instrumental, but it's, it's not, it wouldn't even crack the top 10 of uh, Led Zeppelin songs. So it's, it's not going to be this old blue standard that's been covered a million fucking times because it's that great of a fucking song. All right. So yeah, crawling king snake. Okay, Brandon, Caleb. See when like people are learning the drums and they're learning <laughs> how to play the drums, like Moby Dick is like what they learn how to play. Because it's um, <laughs> because I mean maybe <laughs> probably <laughs> because you can feel like yeah, a fucking rock it. star in one day. <laughs> Jesus, do I have to vote now? <laughs> Uh, fuck it, I'm, I'm, it's my ship. I'm sinking on it. Let's up one. That's all right, Brandon. We go to you. So, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and just give it to Curtis. Uh, yeah, Moby Dick was a book. <laughs> They're like, you know what? We didn't get, we didn't get you guys enough with the fucking Lord of the Rings. Our next track is going to be Moby Dick. Moby Dick was a book. Dick in a Box was an SNL sketch. Wayne's World was an SNL sketch. Wayne's World 2 was a movie which had a character that was Jim Morrison from The Doors. My vote is for Curtis. God, fuck off. I actually just watched that like three days ago. It's the best. Because... All right. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, Curtis. Not because of the argument, but because... Dakota made me fucking spit take. So, not cool. <laughs> All right, really this is it. Pretend to be gay to get out of the draft. That's a <laughs> yeah. lie. As a fact. All right, so this is it. This is the last one. This is track nine. This is the last track on each album. Uh, because Curtis won that round, we will go with Dakota. Dakota is talking about Bring It On Home from Led Zeppelin. And Curtis has Riders on the Storm. Dakota... Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. Your time starts now. Okay, first things first. Riders on the Storm is track 10 on the L.A. Woman album. We skipped track 9 because it was not worth mentioning. Um, so for for this to be really fair, it would be The Wasp, and it would be hands down Led Zeppelin. But we'll, we'll give them Riders on the Storm, and that is boring. But Val Kilmer does deliver a neat sex scene in that movie to this song. 
So good for him. Um, bring it on home. If you guys want dope blue songs, Crawling King Snake can suck my Crawling King Snake because Robert Plant's fucking harmonica solos in the song and his deep, deep vocals that you wouldn't think someone that can get that high could do are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, they stole this song too, but that's not the point. They did a way better job than they ever did it, which I think was Sonny Boy Williams. But but this song goes way harder than it needs to, especially for a closing song. Um, All right, fair enough for your time. That is your time. All right, Curtis, are you ready with Riders on the Storm? Your time starts now. Bring It On Home is another Willie Dixon song that was recorded by Sonny Boy Williams. While only the intro and the outro resemble the Dixon track, it was not credited and they were sued. Um, I believe that theirs is better because I did listen to it. Um, yeah, the original is better, not Led Zeppelin. Riders on the Storm is a jazz rock song, a psychedelic song, something that they are just fucking amazing at. And um, it was... Also inspired by the country song Ghost Riders in the Sky, something that they've credited. Um, it was also inspired lyrically by the spree killer Billy Cook, who started hitchhiking in Joplin, Missouri to California and killed a bunch of people. It is a dark song, but it's also one that you could fucking smoke weed to and just chill the fuck out. And that is Riders on the Storm. Fuck bring it on home. I just brought it on home. <laughs> Fair enough. That honest, is... I smoke a lot of weed and I can do that to any song. <laughs> I, do, I do not need a mood. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Panelists, we go to you for this last track. We have Bring It On Home and Riders on the Storm. Where are you guys going with this one? Whoever wants to jump in, go ahead. So I've been swinging really Zeppelin this whole competition. But if both of these songs were on my Spotify, I would want to listen to Riders on the Storm because, I mean, Curtis is right. It is an atmospheric, dark song. It sets a really cool mood just right from the intro. And um, so, I mean, Bring It On Home is, is a really good song and it's a really strong finish to the album. But I think if it was just me chilling in my car, listening to music or at home or something, I think between these two songs, I would want to listen to Riders on the Storm. So okay. on this one, I'm going to go Doors. All right. Thank you. Brad, what do you say? Thank you. I got to give it to Riders on the Storm. Okay. Um, it's a really, really, um, like like everyone else has said, it's a very atmospheric, uh, atmospheric moody piece. And for anyone who doesn't like Ray Manzarek's keyboards, this is like the quintessential Doors tune where it's like, okay, he's just fucking jamming the whole time. And it's not like in your face, obnoxious and shit. It's like really gets you into the fucking feel of the song. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a cool little jam tune kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring It On Home, it's a good song. Yeah, I do like it, but it's not as strong as Riders on the Storm. Very good. Brandon, where do you got? So, I'm a fan of John Mayer, and on one of his recent <laughs> albums, uh, <laughs> The Search for the search of, every, for, or of Everything, uh, he has a song on it, which is my least favorite song on the album, one of my least favorite songs on the album, 
It's an okay song. It's called Rolling On Home. So in a weird turn of events, my vote does, <laughs> goes to Dakota. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going with Riders on the Storm as well. So that, that, so here is we have nine tracks. Here are the results. Four of the uh, of the tracks go to Led Zeppelin, to Dakota. We had A Whole Lot of Love, The Lemon Song, Heartbreaker, and Ramble On. Four of the tracks go to Curtis, Love Her Madly, Cars Hissed by My Window, uh, Crawling King Snake, and Riders on the Storm. And we had a split decision on track six, Lamerica and Livin' Lovin' Made, which means we have no decision on this. We are going to have to turn to the pop quiz. This is this week's pop quiz. Which is the better album, L.A. Woman by the Doors or Led Zeppelin II? That pop quiz is live right now. You can vote on Facebook and Twitter by searching for and following at PGTC Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages, so you cannot miss them. We will bring you the results, and we will give you a definitive winner of the battle, unless it's a fucking tie. I shouldn't say that. We will give you the results either way of the pop quiz on next week's brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Can Coming I up in it, yeah. it now? No, you can't. It's up to the it's up to the people. Coming oh, up okay. in entertainment and pop culture. <laughs> Coming up in entertainment and pop change culture. Change a vote on a song. No, no, okay. no. You've we've votes are locked. We've already we're not we're Sorry, not fucking Dakota. we're not looking for uh, <laughs> okay. we're not looking for eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty more votes. We are we are locked down. Coming up in entertainment and pop culture this week, the series premiere of Resident Alien on Sci-Fi next Wednesday, the 27th. Season premieres of a whole bunch of shit. We got The Blacklist over on NBC, Charmed on The CW, Snowpiercer Season 2 on TNT this week. Saw that they've already been uh, renewed for Season 3 before Season 2 even hits the air. Uh, over on ABC, To Tell the Truth, Blackish, Mixedish, Big Sky, The Misery Index over on TBS. New home video releases this week include Doom Patrol Season 2, Snowpiercer Season 1, funny how that works, Fat Man, and Batman Soul of the Dragon, a DC animated flick. Those are out on home video this week on Tuesday. Also Tuesday, new comics from DC. The rest of the comic book world drops their new comics on Wednesday. Next Thursday, we'll be recording another new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can join us live for the recording on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast Facebook page, on our Twitch channel, on our YouTube channel. Links to all of those and a whole lot more at popgoestheculture.com. You can watch along. You can listen. You can interact. You can type along your thoughts as we're recording. We just might read your comments on the air as we did with Tara's earlier in the show. And then next Friday, of course, you can find next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in the podcast player of your choice. If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please just take a moment, leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It does not cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways to show your support for the show. That, I think, is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Has anybody got anything before we get out of here tonight? I have a thing. What do you got, Dakota? Oh, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, Dakota. Go ahead, Dakota. Go first. <laughs> go ahead, Curtis. He's got nothing. We, we mentioned, we, uh, I do, too, this time. <laughs> I Googled it. Let's go ahead so. and mute him. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about letting the people decide, and I still think we should do that, but I feel like the people already decided if you look at the 200 to 300 million record sales that Led Zeppelin has versus The Doors' is 33 million. Um, but yeah, go on, Curtis, with what you were about to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but 
Record sales um, called Jim Morrison draft dodger. Um, I will say this about Robert Plant. He put his naked child on the cover of an album, which is something no parent should ever fucking do. So there you go. <laughs> and the Nevermind album by Nirvana, and that kid's super, super stoked about it. So he is, yeah. You should never do that. <laughs> that wasn't his kid either. That was some Swedish kid. <laughs> it was just some Swedish kid. I'm just saying, Robert Plant put his own child on an album, and it's weird. It's really weird. Fair enough. Of course, that wasn't the album we were talking about, so <laughs> don't know how that adds to the conversation in any way, I shape, mean, or form. Dakota will be defending that album next week. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the peanut. We're gonna do penis albums next week. We're gonna have Nirvana's. Uh, no, no, we're not. No, All right, Ryan versus House of the Hallway. No, we're not. I All mean, right. I, I have that Led Zeppelin concert DVD. It's you know whatever. the child is naked in that too unfortunately and i always have to skip past it because it's so weird and they play songs from this album yep i always have to use a a vpn when i watch it (laughs) (laughs) you're you're on a list somewhere is what you're saying (laughs) curtis you may be on a list too you just don't realize it all right (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, I think that's going to wrap us up then for this week's episode. Be sure to check out our online store at popgoestheculture.com. Pick up your Pop Goes the Culture swag. Thanks to all of our co-hosts this week, to <laughs> to Caleb, to Brandon, to Curtis Dakota, and to Graphite Knobs, <laughs> to Brad. <laughs> Don't know why we're... Again, if you're not watching it live, you miss the spit takes and you miss the constantly updating names <laughs> on the Zoom. Uh, be sure to join us live next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, uh, thanks to everybody who joined us live on the live stream tonight and everybody listening to the podcast wherever you are. Uh, again, I've been Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you right back here next week for another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Be safe, be healthy, be happy. We will see you later. See everybody. Peace, Tits. Bye. Adios. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.